Well, I think my story that I just shared was a huge, le- I mean, that is, to me, was the biggest thing that happened. Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 999 Nine, nine. Well, I think my story that I just shared was a huge, le- I mean, yeah. th- that is, to me, was the biggest thing that happened, you know, and it also relates to my career because I didn't know what I was going to do with this new life once I moved to LA. In fact, I would joke to people, if, if anyone had come to me during that period of time and, and said they had a problem, I was like, you think you have issues? Let me go on the couch for a second because <laughs> I can't help you. I can't even help myself. So the, my identity, everything that I knew completely turned upside down as married person, as a career girl, and even just like some of my dreams and hopes that I had, you know, previously. So again, like to your point, and I feel like a lot of times we get to that fork in the road where we do have a choice. And I remember looking ahead of me and seeing there were two paths in that fork. And I was really heading down that dark path with the dark clothes and and my black mindset. But that pivotal moment was looking in the mirror when I turned around and I went back and then I started taking the lighter path because I started gaining evidence against my beliefs. I'll say that again. I started gaining evidence against my beliefs. And this is what we're talking about with the experience and your metaphor of the car and, and the woman that I told about. Because When you are actually in action, not just in thoughts, you feel in your body that experience that helps you thrust forward. I needed to feel in my body that dress that I had on. Yeah, I had to feel it. I I couldn't just have someone over there say, oh, try that dress on. Yeah, I should. How many times do we say, yeah, I should? So many times. Right? Yeah. It's not until I say I am. I'm doing, I'm I in will. action. Yeah, that's what we, we ask our clients. I will. You can I start will. any sentence with me that I will and follow through on that. If your teams with your people, that is powerful language that I will do this. I will go out and buy myself some new clothes. I will try on this red dress. I will now go out in this red dress and find out if the evidence actually supports the fact that I look pretty freaking good, right? And I'm going to get some attention. And so let's talk about like you're down, right? You take some action to go shop, to get some good advice, which nice little angel sitting there, right? To go evidence it into the world, right? To wear it out. I mean, that's a whole other step, right? Like there's a lot of people who try on stuff and go, you know, someday I'm going to wear the red dress. Like, wait a minute, what's someday? Like today is someday. 
What are we waiting for? Yeah. And sometimes, and this is like the coach, right? Sometimes we need a coach, a mentor, an angel who actually forces you to try on something different, literally yeah. and metaphorically. And you know, I, I remember there was a client I was working with and she was petrified to wear color, you know, and she, because really it was that fear of being seen and she had really low self-esteem and confidence. And I went shopping with her and I got a bunch of like really bright colors. I mean, it was so scary for her. And then I took it one step further. This is where Hachat comes in. We went out for happy hour after. I said, I want you to put on the dress. I want you to walk in and I want you to own the room. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, Kimmy, that's so scary. I said, that's exactly why you got to do it. <laughs> and so she walked, right. She walked in and she felt the eyes on her. And just as she was about to like, oh my God, I want to go home and like run away. I, I held her hand. I said, you can, you got this. And then after that, it was like, after she jumped that hurdle, I created a monster. We, we had like guys <laughs> talking to us, you know, she got asked out. And from that moment on, she gained the evidence and the resilience to do more. And she has a boyfriend today, long-term. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, listen, where, where the canary yellow? You know, like be bold, right? Like get out there and, and actually step out of your comfort zone. I think that's so huge and such a huge part because I love this evidence against my beliefs. I think that's so powerful. So let's talk a little bit about a couple other things. We talk about the charisma quotient. Let's talk a little bit about that because people often say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're attracted to charismatic people. I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen charismatic leaders do a lot of things, not for maybe the good, but because hey, people follow because they're like, woo, that's awesome. I'm attractive. Let's all drink the Kool-Aid. Woo. Hey, Reverend Jones, this is great. I mean, we are attracted to the charismatic, the people who show up and show out. And sometimes it may be imposter syndrome. Some, sometimes it may be the false, but we've got to get out there and test it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what I love about charisma, and this is why it ended up being kind of my signature formula and the name of my podcast is because when I did the research on it, it shows that charisma is learned. So what excites me about that means that I can teach it. Yeah. And I've, I've taught it from age 16 all the way up to 85. I actually took an 85-year-old woman out for a wing girl session. It's never too late, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, And what is so interesting about the charisma, and it's really this magnetic energy that just draws people to you. It's part of that flirtation we were talking about. When you have charisma, you exude an energy that people respond to. And guess what happens to your confidence? It goes up. So it, it goes hand in hand. And so I have broken it down into three pillars. And these are kind of the three things that I teach. And also when I'm doing an assessment, working with someone, I'm always looking at these three pillars and, and saying, look, to me, I'm almost more like a detective. I, I like I see all the pieces of the puzzle, but there are certain pieces that are missing in each of these pillars. And what can we do to gain experience to fill those gaps so that we do see the bigger picture, that everyone sees the bigger picture. So the first one is style intelligence. I alluded to that. I made up that word, by the way, because it goes with the other ones. Because um, when you, your style intelligence is your first impressions, your wardrobe, your body language, it's the way you market yourself. The second pillar is your emotional intelligence. And I, this is so important when it comes to business, when it comes to dating. I love going on shows like yours because people are like, but you're a dating lady. Like, what are you going to talk about? I said, well, actually, the things that I teach in dating 
is the same in business, you know? So I do a lot of work with people in business. And what I find is that a lot of people have hard time expressing themselves, being in their feeling and their emotion, offering vulnerability and authenticity, how we set boundaries, like all of those things really matter in how we develop relationships. And the third pillar is your social intelligence. And that's managing interpersonal relationships. It is how we interact with the world. And yes, that includes flirting. So I love you know, talking about those three pillars as ways of helping people achieve charisma. Yeah, that is so good for me. I mean, first of all, two big itties, right? Authenticity and vulnerability, huge part of our work. And as leaders, so critical. Um, I love these three themes for a lot of reasons. Style intelligence, probably I, I was introduced as a young age to a personal shopper at Nordstrom. And that was probably one of the best things I ever did. Like, hey, I was in pro baseball. I'm like, man, I just starting to make a little money and I don't know how to shop. And like, here's someone saying, hey, a nice, attractive woman saying, you'd look good in this. And I'm like, already I'm wearing it. She could have put like, you know, a, a barrel on me. I would have been like, fine, suspenders, you know? And I'd be like, hey, if you think so, sure. Wait, um, by the way, I love doing manovers. I, I call them manovers because oh, man men are so great because it's exactly what you said. Men just they care about efficiency and effectiveness. And, you know, as a woman, if I say, oh, just wear this, you're like, cool, I'll take five. If you like it, I'm in. It was such a better way to shop when I, you know, don't know. And even now I still use it sometimes. Like, I'm just like, hey, I got to go buy some stuff. And if I haven't updated the wardrobe in five years, things have changed. So now actually it seems like it's a bigger thing in the market, but that social intelligence is really big too. I watched, I'm under the weather a little bit, right? You can probably hear it. And so, you know, I, I stayed up, can't sleep. So I watched as good as it gets last night, you oh, know, and, and Jack time. Nicholson plays this role so good, right? He plays the, the kind of guys on the spectrum. He's got some issues and, you know, he's very aware, but like, his social intelligence is like awful, right? He, he says these things like one minute, he says the best thing ever. And then the next moment he says like the worst thing ever. And it's like, holy gap, right? Like it's just <laughs> bonkers, right? About how bad the social intelligence is. And one of the things I want to dive into these, these pillars of leaders um, about these three things is mm -hmm. let's talk about the gap between the business side of that charisma and the personal yeah. side of that charisma. In our world, of entrepreneur, leader, CEO, you know, people running the show. Like we have a image that upholds at work. And, and actually we're dialed into that because we're spending most of our time in that image. And, you know, it's, there's no four hour work week in entrepreneurs. Let's not kid ourselves. Like everyone goes to work 60, 70 hours. They love what they do. They're busting their tail and they're creating huge value for lots of people, often their families. But often it's at a damage, I shouldn't say damage, it's at a compromise to the family. So there's this ability to be confident in my ability at work to have this style intelligence, emotional intelligence, even social intelligence at work, and then go home and be striking out like in all three of those things, like someone not interested in why this is important to us. And like, hey, I just want to sit and, and be, you know, the calm at home, not go out, not get dressed up and sit in Friday night, watch a movie. And, and there's a gap. And then there's the emotional intelligence gap when we're told like things that cut us as leaders, especially I think men, you're a bad husband, you're a bad father. Like those are huge. You could call me a bad boss. No one even breathes about that. But those two things like cut, right? And so someone who loves close to you says something like that. It's like, 
emotional intelligence just left. It's like all the logic and everything went straight to the back burner. Emotions come in on fire on hot. And like, I would never talk to my employees, but now I'm in a heated exchange with the person who's closest to me because you went after a dig close to my heart. And now I'm ready to dig into your heart. Right. And so now social intelligence is out, right? Like how do I manage myself with other parents of the hockey team parents and all these things. And we're not so pointed and intentional because we're not there very often. So we miss some things because we're thinking about the business or the company and there's just gap. What, what would you tell someone who's in that situation? Long story. I apologize, but what do you think? Yeah, no, this is a really like great example of where people get stuck too. And I always tell people like the shifts that need to occur to, to feel better, you know, where both areas of your life start being more congruent. It's not, you know, again, like changing who you are as a person, but there's some shifts that need to be made in the ways of either those three pillars, you know, and really taking a look at those things. And what's interesting about what you just said is I find this, oh my gosh, so common with all my clients too, whether it's just, you know, on a business level or dating level, is that people will then spend more time where their confidence is at. And if that is work, then guess what? You become a workaholic <laughs> and you're like, but I'm getting reinforced over here. So I'm going to keep doing that because I want to stay where I'm getting validated. So of course, like, of course you wouldn't want to go back to another area of your life where you're, you're not, not only not getting validated, but you're getting shut down. Like you're getting criticized. You're saying you're not good at this. We're over here. You're so good. So the ways to close in the gap is just doing like an assessment in those three areas. Now, in your example, per se, like it may not be the style stuff, right? <laughs> you know, but I wonder like in the emotional part and the social part where, you know, maybe as the partner isn't feeling you know, seen or heard? What are some things that you can do to fill in the gaps of the relationship that's not working? You know, is it going on a date and seeing each other again for the first time in a sexy, attractive way? You know, that you're so bogged down with the fights and the habits that you got to break up that cycle and that pattern. Is it the way that you're expressing yourself, you know, or maybe taking in the information? I mean, there's so much that we can unpack in this example. But again, it's just looking at those things where that gap lives to start doing things. And here's what I'll say too, because you might be listening to this and say, this all sounds really great, but it's really overwhelming to think about all these things I got to change. And I always say, start small. It's those little shifts that add up to the bigger wins. It's just like throwing the baseball. Like first you got to just learn how to throw. Can't make the home run right away. I mean, I'm using sports and I shouldn't be, you should be doing <laughs> Now you're you, my point. You, know, you know, it's exactly right, though. I, I know, like, here's here's my tip of the day. Here's my relationship tip of the day that I've actually found so effective, right? You know, we come in as leaders, coaches, because, you know, you're leading, you're coaching, you're mentoring, you're doing all these things. And people are like, oh, Kimmy, you're so wise. Like, bring us your sage advice. And people are coming all day with challenges. And you get this uh, put on my challenge resolve code. Like I am the problem solver code. And then we go home and we want to be the problem solver for our significant. Like, and so what I found is that there is no value, zero value in making comments to your significant other, like anything like, Hey, let me just give you constructive feedback of how you <laughs> could be better with the kids right. or how you could have a better route on the way to school. Or, you know, there is just these little, I mean, 
And so I have been, you know, the consummate coach for my whole life. And I found out that, man, I was being very critical of my significant and my wife of 26 years. And so, man, I consciously made a significant effort of 30 days. Hey, I'm going to do, I'm not going to say one thing a day, which, you know, I couldn't even do. I tried, but I couldn't even do it. And, but massively reduced. And I mean, wow, the light and energy back into my wife during that time. Amazing because I was just, and I just took focus on one thing. Just stop making the comments that they don't have any value. It, it doesn't, no matter where my heart is to help, it never landed where I wanted it to, right? And this is actually talked about in a book called The Garden of Peace by a rabbi, you know, on relationships. And it was just one of the best advices I'd ever received. I love that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so much of it is communication. You know, I just talked with a client yesterday and I love her story because I started working with her when she was single and now she's engaged to get married. So now she's dealing with the transition from being a single person to living with someone and communicating and compromise. She's like, this is so much work. It was easier being single. Right. But that's just it. Everything that we're talking about in life is work. And sometimes we get complacent and it's just easier to not do it than to do it. But then that's where you start building that resentment, you know? So practicing those little things like you mentioned and ways of communication and okay, so that didn't work. What can I change? There's one thing, maybe I can just work on giving her a compliment every single day. Let's see how that works. It's the same thing with dating. Yeah. You know, like if you're super scared about making eye contact, what if you every single day counted how many blue eyes you could see? Make it a, I said gamify it. Gamify, I love gamifying things because it takes sometimes the emotion out of it yep. and seeing how you can reward yourself. And if you're with a couple or you're with a partner, you can reward each other. I want to pump up your workshop because I think as a husband, I think it's so important that my wife flirts with me. I mean, I want to feel yes. val it's validation for me. Like, hey, she still thinks I'm good looking and I'm something, right? And like, there's yes. all sorts of this. And one of the best things that a friend of mine had, one of my mentees and the coming up in business, young woman, they're like, they committed as a young couple with a young family. They committed, like had family in Chicago. And hey, listen, one night of every month, we are going to go do the hotel, dinner, out, sleep late, just take time for us. We're going to have time to talk, do the things, connect all, all the things that we want and say we're going to do. But like committing to that is a big deal. And that commitment, I think keeps things healthy. It keeps things fire. It does all sorts of things for a relationship, but this daily interaction, let's, let's talk about that advice. Yeah. You know, as a significant, you got so many dual income families. You got everybody's working. Everybody's tired. We're all running, you know, parent Uber every night with no tips, right? We're just driving <laughs> kids around, all these stuff. And, and so at the end of the night, I mean, like, it's so important that we lean into one another and fill each other's bucket, especially this emotional, sexual, relational way, which isn't always sex, right? It's a lot about the intimacy things that are created in the flirting, in the eye contact, in the, you know, touches across the kitchen, right? The, the little things that we're doing. What would you tell somebody who's in a situation where things have kind of stagnated and you got to start doing some things differently? Besides, come to your workshop, of course, which is on the board here. So check it out and go. <laughs> what else would you tell them? <laughs> Thank you, Trent. Yeah. Well, I have done actually many podcasts on how to date your partner again, you know, because to your point, 
a lot of times what happens is there's this level of complacency that you get when you're in a couplehood and, you know, suddenly you're sitting in front of the TV wearing ginormous clothes and eating Chinese food. And so it's like, yeah, how do you get that spark back? Because when you date your partner again and kind of reignite the flame, it reignites those feelings and the adrenaline that you have when you first met. And it's so important to recreate that. And to your point, like we're all so busy and we're all so tired. And if you could see this as an energy that can get injected into you, your partnership, your work life, your date life, it becomes more fun. And that fun is positive, right? So it, it's like this kind of trickle down effect that it can have on you. So really, as I mentioned before, a lot of this is the playfulness and both men and women love playful people and each other. So learning how to play, being a little bit lighter, especially if you are a successful CEO or successful person, play is super hard. I will say I work with a lot of you <laughs> and you know, this is what I hear is like, I don't have time to play, but what if you knew that play and flirtation was almost a priority and just as important as, you know, the finances and the business and stuff like that? Because again, that's where the gap ends up happening when things are like off. And then there's this big like gap in between. So yeah, come y'all. It's co-ed. It's interactive. It's fun. It's only for two hours. So get your flirt on. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think like it's, you know, I think part of that man over and makeover deal is is so important. I think it's probably a great idea for everyone, you know, three to five years oh, to go yeah. in and re-up a little bit. Like, what am I thinking? What should I be doing differently? How could I dress a little bit differently and, and kind of go back to the beginning? And I think we start telling ourselves, well, you know, I got 20 more pounds than I used to and I, and I can't look the way I look and blah, blah, blah. And I think we're just selling ourselves a little short on them. Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of, I've given up attitude. It's like, like, what's the point? What's the bother? I, I'm not as attractive. And again, if that's what you believe, then you will make that true. And that's where you are. And that's, how can, again, you take action against your your limiting beliefs? And that's why I love clothes, because it's so action-oriented and it's something tangible that everybody can do. You know, Incidentally, on my website, I have a style guide where people can download and you measure yourself and you determine your body type, because I'm very scientific in the way I approach clothes. Like Even just having an action like that where you're like, wow, I didn't know that wearing a V-neck really serves my body well and I feel more confident in my clothes. Like those, again, those little things can make a big difference. I think the other thing that is challenging is that our society's made it a little bit easy to get complacent, right? Like we accept like, hey, I'll just have drinks at home and I'll just order all the flannel pajamas. Like, you know, it's like I'm comfortable, super comfortable. And now everything's on my Apple TV and I don't have to like make this effort to go out and do these things. And I think that one of the things that a CEO can really appreciate is play creativity. It, it, it stimulates our mind in a different way. And that's a balance that we need as leaders. And if we don't lean into that and kind of tap that, I don't know if that's left brain, right brain, but like if you don't tap right that- brain. Yeah, right. if you don't tap that right brain and you don't pull into that some, don't use it, you lose it, right? And so I think that it's a huge component. But let's dive into what, I mean, we talked about some really good advice about taking action, about, 
you know, understanding the style intelligence, emotional intelligence, taking action when you're down. What can you do to change some things? Do you have like a quote of when things aren't going well for you, feel like you're in a funk? Do you have something that you read or have a go-to that says, hey, this kind of gets me back on on my path to where I want to go? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things that come to mind. If you're a woman, just go shopping. No, I'm kidding. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a cop out easy. I don't know if it's on a man too, but, by the way. I don't know yeah, if it's on a man. Well, like, men, listen, men secretly do want to know this stuff. And I have a man's fashion manifesto also on my site because I know men don't sit on a Sunday afternoon and talk about shopping, but secretly they do want to know these things. So that is stuff. But it is about the action piece. I mean, of course, the quote from Nike is always like first on my mind, just do it. I know it's so like simple and easy. But the other thing that I say, and this is more my own quote, is that when everything is full of chaos and feels overwhelming or things aren't going right, it's about you. Because again, that that stuff is like out of your control sometimes and it's swirling around you when you can really pull in and do things for you so that when you look in the mirror, you say, I love me. I love, I think I'm sexy. I'm attractive. I love this part of me because when you love you, that's when other people do too. That's awesome. Great advice. My quote is, Hey, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> like I heard that. And I thought, As yeah, mama, that. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that in effect, right? When your significant yeah. is unhappy, they just filters down. And so for everyone first, Kimmy Seltzer, thank you so much for being here. Everyone follow the show on YouTube live, many more videos on the leadership of the YouTube channel. Um, we're on leadership Shibity on Instagram or Trent M. Clark, Twitter, all the social media handles on one of those two. Kimmy, where can they follow you again? Yes. Well, you'll be able to continue to follow Trent on my podcast, Charisma Quotient. Yes. Coming up shortly. And also KimmySeltzer.com, K-I-M-M-Y-S-E-L-T-Z-E-R.com. It's also all my social handles at Kimmy Seltzer. And if you want to come to the workshop, check it out. Click the link that you see in the show notes. That's Hope awesome. Make sure to look for our upcoming ebook, The Pyramid of Leadership. DM or email me if you'd like to take the assessment. Also, very trend at leadershipity.com. You can email me if you enjoyed today's episode. Please rate us five stars. Continue to find, watch, and listen to Winners Find a Way. We love to bring you. We work hard to find value delivering stories from our 1% leaders, just like Kimmy delivering the goods. So, so thankful. Kimmy, thank you for being with us. What a great show. Always the best, Kimmy Seltzer. Wait, wait, I'm going to make a heart for Valentine's. Nice. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest or do you have inspiring stories to share or do you love to inspire, support and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at leadershipity.